Oh, greetings. Hey, everybody. Oh, hey, everybody. Here we are. are. We're looking now at that camera. And we back. And we back. We, we back. We're back, guys. We're back at we're the back. podcast. All of us are back. And the uh, socially distant edition. <laughs> yeah. You like this? I didn't, I, know, actually... I didn't know that this was for, uh, you know, social distancing. <laughs> I literally just thought Jason wanted his own table away from I us. Did. I did. That's just the way he else. prefers it. I like having my own table. I'm telling I you. I enjoy having my own table. None of the rest of us like to watch you <laughs> having your own table. <laughs> I don't think the table likes you having it. It's all my table right that, here. That table is violated. I may bring stuff and put it on my table. I have a drink well, on I have my table. I a drink of do, and you have a drink. And I do not have Nathan a drink. We distanced Nathan from the Coke machine. Yeah, <laughs> apparently I did not get invited to get to be a part of that. All right. Drink. So, uh, missed you guys a couple of weeks. And no? it's been well, weeks. We, how many longs? How many longs? <laughs> how many weeks? <laughs> long? now, you know, when you're a little kid, they say how many sleeps you have. When you get older, it's how many longs do I have left? <laughs> I don't think they've said that in the past 30, 40 years. No. Maybe. How many sleeps? Our generations didn't get that. Y'all didn't anymore. say how many sleeps? Never. No. Okay, well, I'm sorry Never. about that. So, right. But it's been a while. It's been many longs. It's been a little while. So, uh, evolved, well, well, I'm glad we're back. And uh, this Lots is Lots has changed. Oh uh, yeah, has changed. A lot has not changed. just the tables. No, <laughs> tables, things. I don't know. This has been the weirdest thing though so far. I'm just this is a little bizarre that we're all at I different know. tables. It is. I, the only thing I'm glad I'm outside the spit zone. Uh, <laughs> I get that. You know, I'm not. I'm not in uh, danger. People who have sat in the front row of Sharpsburg will tell you you're not out of the spit zone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just telling you. Well, you just even, point that way then. Even, even you people at home. If you feel moisture, I have that ability. Oh, man. <laughs> All right. So we got a lot, we got a lot to talk about yes. these days. We, we've uh, Probably uh, everything we want to talk about, we shouldn't talk about. That's right. We're trying to be a little guarded. <laughs> but we do want to talk about what's going on and what people are asking us. Sure. People have asked us some questions. Thank people you guys for us sending things. us some questions. And they're on topic with what's going on in our world right now. So we'll see if our opinions... Are worth listening to. They probably aren't, but we don't so, give them. Uh, here they we are. Have the ability. Yeah, that's right. So here we go. First question that we received is this: How can I encourage people who are anxious right now? And I love their comment. This is the, whoever wrote this. I love this. It says, "I want to shake them and say, where's your faith?'" But I need something gentler, obviously. So can you help me obviously. be a little bit gentler than that? So who wants to take on that one first? Encouraging people who are anxious. How we do this? You know, I. I think I would start, if it were me, and I I have had this conversation a lot with people. I think I would start with, hey, I get it. And in my weaker moments, and I don't say that. That's probably the wrong way. Now I'm just talking out loud, thinking out loud. I would start with, I get it. There's a lot to be anxious about. But when I settle myself down to what really matters to me, and I said this in the message Sunday, I know that at the core of my core is the fact that God has always been faithful to me. There were many, many times in my life where I have not been faithful to God, and he was still yet faithful to me. And there have been times where things happened that I didn't think were best for me, Mm -hmm. and God was faithful to me in those moments. There have been times where I concerned myself about things, and God was faithful to me. And so... That's where I start, and then if the conversation starts, I generally, and I, I, I can stop at that. I go on to, most anxiety for me is about a desire for control. Mm-hmm. I want to, you know, so I was talking to somebody a little bit ago, just, just before we had this, uh, started this, about 
when this whole thing started i like lots of other people start doing research i'm a researcher i like knowing things i want to know as much as i can and so much of it didn't make a lot of sense to me but even the desire i have to know is about me being able to control and all controls an illusion anyway yeah yeah i have i haven't had control pretty much of anything in my life it felt like i did but Honestly, it just comes back to, uh, I trust that at the bottom level of this universe is a faithful God who loves me, who doesn't miss one thing that happens to me, and ultimately, for followers of Christ, this world, no matter how scary it gets, is a perfectly safe place. The kingdom of God exists in this world, and it is a perfectly safe place for me to be. No matter what happens to me, because, you know, Jesus even told me that if I die, which is the thing I concern myself about or somebody I care about dies, yeah. that in the kingdom of God, I won't even taste the sting of death. Whatever mm. the worst part of death is, mm-hmm. being in the kingdom, that part has been removed for mm-hmm. me. Yes. And so God's always been faithful to me. I trust he will be faithful to me tomorrow. And whatever tomorrow or any tomorrow brings, I don't have to be anxious mm-hmm. about it because of that. And, you know, we were talking, we were all talking about this the other day. Mm-hmm. And uh, for me, and you guys echoed this as well, it helps when in the times we're going through is how I start my day uh, as far as the mm-hmm. thoughts that I begin thinking. Because wherever I start from, mm-hmm. I tend to roll down that hill pretty steadily, you know. Mm-hmm. And if I can start my day off uh, with the right kinds of thoughts, putting myself in the right posture, then I do better. And it was interesting because just today I had one of those moments. I, like many of the people, that hopefully some of you are, in, who are in discipleship groups, we start our days off with God's Word, uh, meditating on that, checking in with our, with our disciples together. And so I did that this morning, and uh, I just happened to be reading 2 Corinthians chapter 1. And uh, this verse just jumped out. And it's interesting how things are taking on a com- completely different context now yeah. mm-hmm. in the world that we're mm-hmm. living in. And so I'm reading this chapter, and I read this verse. It's uh, uh, verse 9, and um, Paul's talking about the, the suffering that he's going through and the people that he's with. And he says, in fact, we expected to die. But as a result of this suffering he was going to where he expected to die, we stopped relying on ourselves and learned to rely only on God who raises the dead. Mm-hmm. And I went, well, that's a good thought <laughs> yeah. for the that's day. That's a great thought. You know, because I walk out the door and, and I go on to social media and, and there's, there's a possibility that people can die. And that's always been the case, but now we feel it so much more because of the reality of what's going on. And here I'm, he's saying, well, through that, I was able to learn how to rely on my God who... I know raises dead people. <laughs> and so that brought me a lot of peace walking out the door today, and I've sort of walked with that all day long. So that's been helpful to me. I know you guys had said same thing for y'all. Whatever better thoughts you start your day with tend to be yeah. what you walk with, walk with most of the day. You know. I so. think uh, the thing that I keep reiterating to the people that I have the most influence with, I'll, I'll often just take them back to the teachings of Jesus where Jesus would talk to people about worry and then he would say these things that I mean, if you take them at the if you if, if Jesus didn't say them you would think they were naive at best yeah 
when Jesus says to people who are food insecure at the time, living under Roman occupation where their lives and property can be taken from them at any time legally, uh, he says to them, you know, why do you worry about anything? And he says, well, just go look at the birds. And, you know, if really? any, of, <laughs> any of us heard Jesus say, we go, the birds? Yeah. I mean, do you know what's going on in the world? And you want me to go look at the birds? Yeah. But then I think about all the time, you know, how God is just so evident in this, that, you know, all of this is going on in our world, but it's springtime. Yeah. Yeah. And the weather has been beautiful. Yeah. I mean, has just been, even yesterday when... Uh, well, at least when we're filming, this was yesterday. We tried to. Yeah, we well, yeah, we even tried to film it yesterday, uh, and the power, the power went out. The That's power right. went out. A lot of us had that, but then, man, it was like this one huge just show of like force of nature mm. happening. But then the rest of the day was just beautiful. Yeah. It was the perfect kind of weather. Well, even that storm, I said to uh, somebody uh, afterwards, and I was texting some people in my neighborhood, and I said, "Storm was horrible. Glad we still had power." But I'm thankful it knocked the pollen down mm. because for the first time in days, I can breathe yes. easily again. Yes. Even this thing that I thought, you know, in a moment, is scary, it's terrifying. Mm. On the backside, God was faithful, and a good thing came out for me of that. Yes. Mm. And I think Jesus just looked at the world, and, and, and he didn't see what we see. That, you know, Jesus frequently talked about, I mean, his, his gospel, his good news was repent because the kingdom of God has drawn near, and, when, and we know this. When he said repent, what he meant was just change your thinking. Go Turn around. Everything about the way you've thought about the world, it has to change. You have lived in the world your whole life thinking that danger is around every corner. You've lived your whole life thinking that things are out of control unless, like you said, I'm perfectly in control in every single moment. Mm. And Jesus said, you know, the birds don't live that way. Mm -hmm. They don't worry about where their next meal is coming from. God feeds them every single morning. Well, and you and I, Nathan, we're having a conversation about my grandchildren, your children, mm -hmm. uh, just today. And it is a part of childlike faith. We read that and we think childlike faith. A child that, a child never thinks until a parent pushes it on them. Mm -hmm. A child never thinks, I wonder if dad's going to be able to pay the bills. Mm -hmm. They don't, they don't Where are we getting that. the money from Where are we today, getting dad? the money yeah. from that? They just, they just expect every day of my life so far. My dad has had something for me to eat. There's been a place for me to sleep. I can put my head on the pillow at night, and I believe my dad, and, until a parent falters or the kid gets to an age that we feel, okay, they can handle knowing that we're struggling and they may need to help. Mm -hmm. we, don't even ex we don't expect that. And Jesus says all of us need to be like children in the mm -hmm. kingdom. Of, I just believe, hey, God's been faithful. God's been faithful. He's going to be yeah. faithful. This is a, if my dad decided I could be in this, he wouldn't have let me be in it if it weren't safe for me to be in it. And, yes. you know, what Jesus would say to us is, you know, if you who are evil, <laughs> or, you know, that's what Jesus says at one point when he's talking to people yeah. about, he says, you know, if any of you, you ask your, your, your child asks you for a fish, do you give him a stone or a snake? Yeah. And he goes, you're evil. You some of, some of you, your kids should be worried about whether you're paying the bills or not. But yeah, they they're don't. Just, they're living they with an illusion. They're with an illusion. But we have a perfect father who, like you said, has mm -hmm. always been faithful, is always in control. And to me, honestly, the beauty of this world, when you start to look in, 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 through the eyes of Jesus, and even just the things you see in other people, there is even in the midst of all this crisis, I mean, I know people are sharing this kind of stuff on social media all the time, there are people that are stepping up and taking care of people and noticing their neighbors for the first time, wow, and yeah. loving yeah. people. And that's, that's the Father at work in all of this stuff. And I think Jesus mm -hmm. would be walking around and he would see this stuff and he'd go, that's the kingdom and that's the kingdom. Mm -hmm. And man, aren't we perfectly safe? Things mm -hmm. are, yeah, things are bad right now, but... You're perfectly safe. Yeah. And so though when you talk about thoughts, 
I try to do that. I try to at least every day have moments, not just in the morning, but throughout the day that I go walking and I just listen to the birds. And it's just like I sometimes chuckle to myself because I feel like it's God just going, yeah, look at the birds. Mm-hmm. Or I'll see the flowers in my yard, you know, the dandelions that are growing up. And I can't help tell my daughters <laughs> that those are weeds and not flowers. But, you know, my daughters think they're flowers. And yeah. so they pick them and they bring them over to me. Look at these flowers. And I'll say, it's beautiful. It's and they'll go, didn't God make great flowers? I'm like, you're right, God made great flowers. And, so. I didn't have to do anything. They just grew. <laughs> they just now grew. I'm going to poison them. Get them. them. <laughs> That's right. I mean, get them out of our yard. Yeah. But, yeah. I know for me, you mentioned, uh, you know, the, your thoughts and social media and all. I have to be aware of my inputs. Oh, yes. yeah. Um, because I've got so many places that can be inputting thoughts into my life right now that I've had to be conscious. And I noticed this even way back when this whole thing got started and we were just starting to realize, oh, this is a little more serious than we had probably anticipated with the virus. And I intentionally from that point on said, you know what, I don't, I don't necessarily think constant 24-hour news is good for mm-hmm. me. Yeah. And I had noticed that it was also not good for my family. Because I'm the kind of guy that I, I, I like to have some noise going on when I'm at home, and I would just turn on the, the TV or something, and, you know, just sometimes news would be on, and it was just constant bad news. And I started realizing that it was breeding a level of fear in my family, in my home, that I thought, that's not healthy. So I've been on a, it started, I was just going to do two weeks, and now it's, it's probably going on four, where I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't consume my news from that source. I, I get it from other places. In fact, what I found out is I'm getting it whether I want it or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's just not as relentless, I guess, yeah. for me. And it has helped me, and it, it's helped my family um, to just be aware of those inputs, cut back where I need to. Yeah, that's for me too. I had to cut back on that as well of just on everything. Even in this time where, you know, as a leader in the church, we're getting all kinds of emails in of things we ought. There's a lot of ought. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of ought tied to it. And I already had a lot of ought in my own Mm -hmm. life as a leader. Leaders live with this you ought, you ought kind of thing. And I just had to, at one point, I just started deleting emails without reading them because I said, I already have all I can do, and you may be telling me something I ought to be mm-hmm. doing. Mm-hmm. I don't. I can't handle your input. I just yeah. can't handle any more I, input and make any yeah. progress at all. Yeah. I think every podcast in my feed has had something to do, or something on this coronavirus, and oh, oh yeah, and I see it come through. And and and, and uh, you know, I follow a lot of podcasts for oh, church yeah. leaders. Yeah, here's what we need to do to respond in this time. And, and I, part of me goes. Yeah, I need to make sure I'm doing it. But then I go, you know what? we got to do what's right for us in our situation. I don't need all that input. Even if I got it, I don't don't think it would help me in the end. You know what I mean? In the beginning of it, I had to really focus on, and again, wound up having this conversation with a neighbor of, you know, where do you start on this? And so I, I am doing this little daily discipline along with the discipleship thing of my start morning routine now is, what do you know about God right now? Mm. And mm. I always try to start the morning with what am I sure about about God? And then, so, you know, he's faithful. He loves me. He doesn't take his eye off of me. He watched me the whole time I'm asleep. He's prepared a world that's a perfect place for me to rest and to thrive. And every challenge that he has for me, he's going to provide the strength that I need for that today. So I begin with that kind of stuff. And then I go from that to... So therefore, what should I be feeling about today? 
Mm -hmm. And it puts me in a total different mindset uh, instead of starting the day with, I wake up in the morning, I go, well, it's another day and I'm going to have to go to the office. We don't know what we're going to do. And there's a lot of stress on me, Lord, and I don't know how to handle this kind of stuff. See, that's all starting with mm -hmm. my circumstance and me mm -hmm. and my insecurity and those things. And it builds up in me and then I vomit on, on the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Instead <laughs> of taking in, here's what I have. And then I can say to him, hey, I'm so thankful that you're with me. And everything that comes today, you and I can handle together. There's nothing that comes my way that I'm confident with your strength we won't be able to handle. Uh, it really helps me. Now, the truth is, by the end of the day, I've found uh, in the worst days where there's a lot of bad news coming in, sometime around 7 or 8 o'clock, uh, mm. honestly, I do pretty good in the office because we're a team That's and right. we're working hard together and we, we, we are working with that mindset. And then I get away from that, and uh, it begins to wear me down, and I have to do a recheck. Mm -hmm. What do I know at 7 o'clock at night that's different than what I knew this morning? Well, the truth, nothing, nothing, nothing. Has, changed nothing has changed in my world between in the morning and at night mm -hmm. about God. It's just mm -hmm. my thoughts have it's changed. It's my thoughts mm -hmm. have changed. He has not changed one bit. You and I joked one day, and I said, we, we were in the middle of three or four days where we had had constant meetings. I mean, and mm -hmm. I'm not saying this for anybody to think, because everybody everywhere was doing That's this. That's right. We were having meetings from 9 in the morning, and many of us were not leaving here till 5, 36 at night, and it was one constant, how are we going to do this? How are we going to get in line? How Everything's got to change. Small groups got to change. These groups got to change. Service got to change. Everything's got to change. Mm -hmm. And it's a swirl. And I said to you one morning, I said, I realize there's one place that is not having any meetings, they have not held any meeting in heaven and said, what in the world are we yeah. going to do about COVID-19? <laughs> what's going to happen with that? They just go, hey, man, sun, do your thing. Yeah, that's right. Stars, do your yeah. thing. <laughs> and because of what Jesus has said, the church is going to just keep right on rolling, yeah. too. Yeah. God's not off his kilter. <laughs> he's, not, he's not nervous, and therefore we shouldn't be nervous either. It's, it, now, there are challenges, absolutely. Yeah. We've got challenges. We've got to figure this thing out. We've got to do the, our best work. But... In the end, we're okay. That's you know? exactly right. So you were going to say something? Yeah, I think one input that people have to be aware of, too, is um, your, your, your routine throughout the day and the way that um, just everything. I think, you know, like you said, there's, there's, there's inputs that come from outside of me, but everything right now in our world is telling us everything's off because you're working from home and you didn't usually work from home and your kids are at home and they're not going to school right now and mm -hmm. you can't leave and go anywhere right now. So everything about your day, not just social media, is telling you, oh, yeah. everything is different yeah, and it's a bad different. It's a scary different and you need to be afraid. And so I think to some degree we have to be start thinking through even in our routines or what are things I can do in my day, one, to get some kind of routine to my day that I'm not waking up mm -hmm. at 11 o'clock in the morning because I, I can't wear pajamas all day until yeah. I take a shower and put on a different pair. Because yeah. all of that is an input screaming to me, this world is different. And then I go, why is it different? Oh, I remember it's because there's this dangerous thing going on. You know, even the way we talk to our kids about it, I think we have to talk to our kids about it. Mm -hmm. But, you know, uh, I, have, I have an eight-year-old, a six-year-old, a five-year-old, and a three-year-old. And they'll often ask me, why aren't we going to school? Or why aren't they going mm -hmm. to school? Or why, aren't, you know, why can't we go to the library? Why aren't we going to church in person? We tell them, you know, a lot of people 
uh, are sick, and so that's kind of the way we talked about it. There's some mm -hmm. sickness going around, and we're trying to keep as many people healthy as we can and yeah. all that. And so we try to tell them the basics they can, but then always we try to remind ourselves, but you know what, God's in control of this. And they go, well, what if one of us gets sick? Well, then we get sick. And you know what, God's over that too, and he's going to love us through the whole thing. And, and being able to have those conversations and that kind of self-talking, then to have things throughout your day that are just signposts to you that are different kinds of inputs. And it doesn't even have to be, it doesn't even have to be like a spiritual, you know, every hour I sit down and read the Bible. It doesn't even have to be that. It could be, I don't wear pajamas. Like yeah. I come down and I have, a, I have an office in my house, even if I don't, you know, I don't have a home office. But, you know, when I go home and work right now, I've got one of my work computers at home. And it's, that's what that's for. We don't put, it used to be covered in bills and other kinds of stuff that we used to put there. It's not there anymore. And having those kind of, and I don't want to tell you what your thing is, but I think that's you a You need to come up with a routine because yeah. your body and your mind work together. And Absolutely. your soul is tied to your body and your mind. Yeah. And if you're struggling in your soul, you begin with getting your body and your mm -hmm. mind Absolutely. in the right place. Absolutely. I said the same thing to my teenagers. I have two teenagers at home and I said, we're going to, I'm letting them sleep a little, in, sleep sure. in a little bit. Sure. But I said you need to set an alarm. You need to, or let me get you up at a certain time, and I'm gonna come in. We're gonna wake up and get get ourselves together, get on the computer, do whatever homework has been sent to you by your teachers, and get that part done. Have a have a segment of your day where that's work time, and then we'll come out and we'll we'll have some free time, and then family time at the end of the day. And and it's it's been very because I noticed when we weren't doing that in the very beginning when we all kind of thought, oh, we'll just get through this and we'll just, you know, and then we realized, oh, this is going to be longer than we thought. Yep. We've got to build in some structure. And so once we started doing that, I, I see, I could see a difference in not just their mood, but mine too. Everybody in the house just, it, there's this rhythm to it now that we've got and it's healthy and there's a, you know, we're, we're moving around doing some exercise and all that kind of stuff. It's just been, it's been helpful to us just all the way around. So. Yeah. Same. The last part of that question I was thinking about where we're talking about where the person says, I want to say, where is your faith? Mm. I think for those of us that are at that place, that's not a very, the way it comes across no. is not very kind. No. It's not, it, it is the right thing for you to think, but it's more a discerning question for me in interacting with somebody. It, all of this does indicate to me mm -hmm. when I have those moments at seven o'clock, I realize Oh, I am on yeah. that OU of little faith. Where I is am, my faith? Yeah. My, where mm -hmm. is my faith? Yeah. That's good for me to ask. And as a person who's trying to help somebody, I do now realize I need to work in terms of this person is struggling. I need to shore up their faith. But yeah. just saying to somebody in a rebuking kind of way mm -hmm. and, and say, trust in Jesus. Well, trust what about yeah. Jesus? Yeah. It's Jesus is right about everything, but give me the right thought here. What's yeah. the right thought? And mm -hmm. so that's why it eventually came to me. God's been faithful. God mm -hmm. will be faithful. Mm -hmm. There's nothing in, in this world. He never takes his eye off of me. That for me, you must come to that thought. It's not the thought of, I have my trust in Jesus and one day I'll go to heaven. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it's better than that though. It's yeah. way better way, than that. The way. kingdom of God is more than yeah. that. I, I said to somebody, you know, God's idea was not this is a dangerous world and I said get out of here so you can get out of yeah. here. He said, This world is the world I created. I love it as much as yeah. I love you. Take care of it. And mm -hmm. I want you to help recreate it. So he asked us to pray. What happens in heaven, bring it down mm -hmm. here, and I'm the bringer. Yes. I'm the one to bring it. So mm -hmm. I have to be the one that's saying to people, God's faithful. In this situation, God is faithful. We can trust him. Yeah. And I have to help we have to help each other do that. 
Yeah. And when I live in that reality, I do get freed up to do what you said earlier, focus on the things that I can control and live in those with confidence and safety of knowing the rest is handled by my Heavenly Father who's, who's taking care of all that. It reminds me of, of a story, uh, not a story, it happened to me, uh, but my wife and I were just talking about this the other day. Um, you guys know this, but um, back in the fall, uh, my wife had some pretty major surgery. And uh, it was a, we went through a pretty scary time. And I'll just put it at that. For those of you who know me know what we went through. But um, we're heading into surgery, and, and there's a lot of stress involved in that. And we, uh, the day before, we met with the doctor and the surgeon, and he's going through all the, the stuff that we need to do and where we need to be and all, all that kind of deal. And on the way home, I remember my wife saying to me, she started asking me a lot of questions, you know, what about this and what about that? And, and we were just spinning on lots of different details that we just didn't know the answers to. And uh, I just remember, just, I believe it was a God thought. He brought this to my mind, and I just I stopped her, and I said, hey, we need to stop talking about what we're talking about right now. I said, here's what you need to do. I said, you need to show up at the hospital at such and such time. Mm-hmm. You need to lay down on that bed, and you need to do nothing else. I said, because from what, once you do those two things, show up on time and get, get in the hospital bed, I said, there are very skilled and, and very well-meaning people that are going to take care of you from that point on from the nurses to the doctor to the surgeon to the anesthesiologist, all of that stuff is outside of our pay grade. (laughs) And I said, so we just need to show up. That's all you got to do tonight or tomorrow morning is just show up. And we got home and she said, you know, you were right. And that's that's the best thought that I've had throughout this whole thing is I just need to show up. And... We talked about that this week, and and she said, that's a picture of the world we're living in right now. There are things that I can do, and there are things that God's got. And so I show up and do my part, and then I forget the rest. Well, you know, that's the part of when you talked about childlike faith earlier. That is the childlike faith of it, of really the journey that Jesus invites us into is what my children do every day. They wake up, and I'm getting them dressed, and they go, Daddy, what are we doing today? What are we doing today? We're we yep. going to school. We're we going to do this. And they just trust whatever I say to do, that's what we're going to do. And that really is the invitation of it's this conversational relationship. That When we talk about a relationship with God, that's what we mean. It's this conversational. I wake up and I go, so God, what's on the agenda today? Mm-hmm. Not what most of us do. Like you said, I come in. Here's what I'm freaked out. Here's what I want to get done. You tell me. Now, you just go and you take care of it. I'm going to go do my own thing. It's, God, what do you have for me to do today? Yeah. And if it's just, I, I got to show up to work today or I got to work from home today or mm-hmm. you know what? I, I, I got I to wave at somebody from whatever it is for you, whatever the thing is, what is the next right thing that God wants me to do? And God's just prompting, go, hey, go do that. And I don't mm-hmm. have to think through every possible mm-hmm. outcome. Yeah. I have to think through, I know God just told me to do this. I'm going to go do well, it. And the great part about following Jesus that I've learned over the years is um, when I do follow him and, and have that childlike trust, Outcomes are not my deal. They're not. My he deal. is responsible for the outcomes of my life, and therefore I can go. That's that, that's where that peace comes in. I can just go. Wow, I'm just I'm doing what he told me to do, and the outcomes are in, on him, and that's okay with me. The burden is easy, and his yes. load is light at that point because I know for me in any of this, you know, I used to think it's my job to get this church and hold this church together, and when I preach. Certain things need to happen for me to know that it was effective, all that. Mm-hmm. And the truth is, I've learned over time, I don't have much control over anything except, I, in your analogy, I show up 
I have my heart right that I really love the people I'm talking to. I, I am for whoever is out there. And, I, and now we're in a world where when I talk, I don't have a clue who's out there. Yeah. I'm just talking, and I, in my mind, I make up a person, which y'all find weird, I know. But I make you up a to. person That's that right. I am talking to. Yeah. And I trust that whoever's watching it, God is doing the outcome part. The mm -hmm. outcome part is on God. It mm -hmm. isn't on me. Yes. And at that point, I can release it. I can walk away and... When, other, when people go, you said such and such, and I go, well, yeah, I did, but I'm sorry. I was just trying to be faithful. I was trying to be faithful, and yeah. really, I meant it to be loving, and I'm yeah. sorry it didn't come across that That's way. Right. I'll try mm -hmm. to do better next time. Yep. Amen. All right, here's another question, uh, moving on, sort of moving off from that, but a little bit different uh, angle. Somebody asked this question. They said, well, everybody's telling us not to be afraid. And that, and I think we said this, but that's like Jesus' number one it repeated he command. He said that more than any other command. So we're, we're not supposed to be afraid. However, the Bible says we ought to fear God, and it says we're fearfully, wonderfully made. So let's talk about the difference between those kinds of fears. Is there a difference? And if so, what is it? Well, you know, I don't want to be the first one every time. So somebody else talk first, and then I'll <laughs> come in at the end. I have, you know me. I have things to say. Oh, think, we know you do. Yeah, I think the easiest answer is it's just diff it's a difference in language. Uh, I often say this, and whether people like it or not, I say this to our students all the time. Like English is the worst language, and we shouldn't have. <laughs> it's the worst. It's the worst wow. language. We have one word. We have one word that means seventeen different things. True. Exactly. And uh, so when you use it, anyone can twist it around. But you know, gr Greek is a different thing than that when uh, some of these are in Hebrew, which is yeah. a different, you know, and certainly even, you know, even those of you who took Spanish in high school, you get that. They have, di they have different words for different meanings, and we often use the same. And so fear in this case is not fear in the sense of uh, terror or... Well, even to get into that, I'll just go for this, and uh, this is true in Greek and Hebrew, but it's true even in modern language, like we've learned in Haiti and Creole. They don't have pronouns. They have a pronoun that can mean... He, she, right. it, they, one pronoun, you have to understand it by the context. Right. Mm -hmm. And Hebrew and Greek are similar. There are mm -hmm. words, and in the context, the context helps define how that word right. is being used. Yes. That's right. Mm -hmm. that, that's yeah. what we have to get to on this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So anyway, I mean that that was that was my contribution. Is we're not we're not talking about the fear when you said the thing about uh, Jesus said don't be afraid. He's mm -hmm. not using it in the same context that yes. they're using it here. That fear in this sense is more about respect or awe. That I'm understanding mm -hmm. this is a power greater than myself. Mm -hmm. That there is a sense of fear once again not in a terror but in an understanding of this thing is so much greater mm -hmm. so much more amazing and then certainly with being fearfully and wonderfully made mm -hmm. is that god took great care this respectful kind of care in making us so um, that was my it's just a difference in language yeah yeah i i think in terms of you know that when we talk about fear and i'm afraid so we have coronavirus we have the situation we're in every day there's something new it causes me to feel afraid and what it does is it begins to cloud what I know to be true like I was talking about I get away mm -hmm. from mm -hmm. this the world's a perfectly safe place God has been faithful to me and so this fear this feeling I have gets between me and so the angels come and say and Jesus says why are you so afraid mm -hmm. you know one of the famous times is the disciples are in a boat they're in the middle of a, sh a storm they think they're gonna die 
and Jesus is sleeping in the same right. boat where they think yep. they're going to drown. That's right. And they just told him before that they thought he was the Son of God. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you got God in the boat. He's <laughs> in the boat. <laughs> and you're afraid you're going to die. And Jesus wakes up and goes, why are you so afraid? Yeah. Why, why are you? And afraid? then he calms the sea. And then the next verse is even better. It says, and then they were really afraid. They were really afraid. <laughs> they, were really, they were really, they, yeah. they thought they were afraid of the no. storm. And then they no. go, we're afraid of you. oh my God, we got God in the boat. <laughs> yeah. We, <laughs> yeah. I got really afraid there for a moment. And that's it's, just a two Comparatively, different. that is a better kind of fear. Though. It is. But, at a yeah. moment, I realized it. I go, yeah. oh my gosh, I'm in the presence of God. And that's where the first one is. I'm in the presence of somebody who's bigger and more powerful than me. So they have rights that I have to acknowledge. Mm -hmm. But when I take something that I'm afraid of and I give it right to my decision-making, it is getting a right to me it should not have. Mm. Well, and I think it's, yeah. and I think it's the difference, it, once again, and this can be the soundbite for me for the whole time. English is the worst. Um, He's like Debbie Downer. <laughs> I often will talk to people and they'll say, you know, fear is actually a good thing because it's a physiological response. And you should like you should be afraid when you see a, a venomous snake or you should be afraid. But see, that's once again, the problem with the English language, the kind of fear that he's talking about, that is a state of being. It is a I am bringing fear as the way I approach the world. The other is, an, is a physiological response. We probably should have two different words for them. Should. Because you're the other, I would actually call closer to wisdom, and mm. and that if I touch, because that's what it is. When yeah. when a child approaches a hot stove and gets scared from going to the hot stove, that's wisdom saying if you touch that, it's going to burn you. Yes. But the fear you're talking about is a state of being which I go because I was burned one time, I'm not going to touch anything ever again. Exactly. And it's a it's a paralyzing state. Yes. It's, a paralyzing it's state. not the, they're not the same word. Jesus never said live without wisdom. You know, and certainly mm -hmm. in the times we're living in, yeah. he never said live without wisdom. Throw caution in the wind, just do whatever you do want. Whatever to you do. Want. Don't wash your hands. Don't do anything. Yeah, don't, that is not what he's no, saying. No. That is not what. He's but what he's saying is do not live with the lens of fear as the way you... And it's the same with things like anger. Anger, when someone wrongs you, is appropriate. It's a physiological response to your body saying you need to move towards that problem and do something about it. Mm -hmm. But anger as a state of being that every person I view through, because someone wronged me in the past and I can only ever see them through that lens, mm -hmm. that, that's when Jesus says... Hey, you're in danger of the fires of hell when he talks about when yeah. he talks about anger in that way. He's not saying, you know, someone said something and it rubbed you the wrong way and you got angry. You're you're wrong because you had a physiological response. No. Yeah. It's just they're two different things. English is the worst. Yes. So. Thanks for that, Nathan. <laughs> there you go. Because right. y'all speak something different. I don't know. Pick something. I'm, a, I'm not going to do that. I'm, I'm just saying someone else picks up. Y'all pick it. It's send way, it to me. Here's what I'd say. I'm at this age. I figured out I'm not capable. No. <laughs> I, I have not even conquered English yet. Just, I barely I, can speak. No, I'm way true. too lazy to yeah, get involved. Yeah, that's true. In that. Both okay. of them have to, if I write something, they both go, what, what language were you writing in? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they have to correct every bit of it. I can talk fine. I just can't apparently uh, spell. I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Good point. We'll let you live in that for a minute. This is your delusion. Yeah. Okay. Exactly right. We got another question. Here? We have one more question. It is a hard left turn, but uh -oh. but not well, not so much. It is about the virus. It is about the virus, okay. but it, it is a little bit different. Um, people have asked, well, not asked me, but they've mentioned to me, and I've I've seen this pop up a lot. Is a lot of people, especially us, well, Christians, uh, feeling as if here we are in this global pandemic, and is this some kind of fulfilled prophecy? Is this a sign that we're in the end times? And 
how do we how do we think and feel about that whole thing? And I know y'all got some opinions on that as well as I do. So, uh, well, we both start on the last one. Jason, you start on this one. Well, okay. Right answer, Nathan. I do have opinions because I got that. things to say, and I've already I've already made everyone angry with the English is the worst thing. They're coming. Or you me. may not. We don't. I don't know. End um, time prophecy is the worst. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm not going to disagree Jesus with that. Let Jesus get it. <laughs> I'm not going to disagree. Uh, I'll I'll. Uh, I heard a, real, a guy that I, I'm really enjoying uh, getting to know his thoughts these days, uh, a scholar, author named Greg Boyd. Mm. And uh, I was listening to him the other day, and he was talking about this, and I thought he had a really good point uh, that I don't think a lot of people think about these days. Is his point was this. He said, you know, whenever we latch on to some kind of global event and we immediately think, oh, no, it's the worst, and this is what the Bible was talking about, he said, often we do that in almost like a, a vacuum because we don't consider all of history when we think about that. And what he meant by that was he said, you know, this is not the first time that we've had pandemics like this. Uh, he said, we just live in a time in our modern culture where we have been insulated from them mm -hmm. for so long that we think that this is not a regular occurrence. He said, but if you lived back in the Middle Ages or even before that, he said, he said, plagues ravaging your community were a pretty regular thing. Mm -hmm. um, he said, and way worse than this, numbers were higher of people dying and getting sick, and I'm not downplaying what's going on in our world now no, at all. Not. I'm trying to give it perspective. And his point was, you know, if you lived in those times, you would have, you would have thought the same thing. He said, but it, it, that wasn't a sign of the end times, and they had much worse plagues and much worse death going on around them, and they were suffering way worse than what we are in, in this country. He said, so I, I don't think it's very wise for us to automatically pin some sort of end times uh, sign onto what we're going through when it kind of pales in comparison historically yes. from what we know has been going on. So that would be my first thing to say is slow down a little bit <laughs> and let's put this into perspective and um, maybe think more historically about this. That's my first thought on it. That's really good. So, yeah, that's I think really that's good. good. Yeah, I, I told you when you were sharing that with me in the office the other day, I thought that was so wise. I remember reading a book years ago called Reading the Bible Through, I think it's either Eastern Eyes or Western mm -hmm. Eyes. It's written in an Eastern culture. And the guy was talking about, uh, he's from the U.S. like we are, that when he began to go to the East and he would listen to people in the East teach the Bible, my favorite parable, I taught, used to, first 10, 11 years of this church, I taught on it at least once a year as the parable of the prodigal son because I've always felt like that was my story. I am the prodigal. God brought me back and I blew everything that, should have been a great inheritance. And he said, that's where Western people tend to hear that story. The son was given a lot. He went off mm -hmm. and in wild living. He left and he finally repented and came back to his father. He said in the East, where it's very common, the part that we miss that they see is that it wasn't the blowing of the money that got the boy back. It was blowing of the money and a famine mm -hmm. hit the land. Because they're so used to famines in their world, mm -hmm. they go, oh, well, of course, a famine. It happens. He realized it happens all the time. Yeah. But Jesus put it in the story, and that's what brought the guy back. And, you know, this is, I'm 60 years old. This is the first one of these events I've mm -hmm. ever had in my life in the sure. Western mm -hmm. world. Sure. But it isn't the first time African people my age mm -hmm. have been through this mm -hmm. kind of, of thing. That's right. Uh, they have gone through it already. It, and I think even in terms of when you talked about people, uh, you know, that 
watch children die in that. One of the big eye-openers for everybody that goes on a trip to Haiti with me is we go to people's homes. And, uh, you know, the very first year we were in the one village we went to, I met a man, really liked him. I wound up sponsoring his son, didn't realize it at the time, got to know him. He was one of the leaders on the council. He was late 30s when I met him. And two years later when I came back, he was dead mm-hmm. because he had gotten a disease. Mm-hmm. Malaria had gone through their culture. He had died. His family was now uh, w- without that. You talk to some of the moms in that community, who their husbands have already died. And when you ask them how many children they have, they will say two living. And when you ask them how many, often they've had 11. Mm-hmm. But they have more that have passed, and they are still thriving and going, and their faith in God is strong. But we live in such a protective world that we think everything's a sign of the end times. Everything's coming yeah. to an end. They haven't seen any of those things a sign of the end times. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure why we should either. Yeah. Well, that's my first. I think that's my response to your yeah, thing. Yeah. And my other thing that I've, I've said to many, many people, I says, we forget we've been living in the end times ever yeah. since Jesus left. That's right. <laughs> and, and, and the writers of Scripture were saying, these are the end times. So, uh, and what they would mean by that phrase is that all conditions have been met yes. for the return of Jesus. It could come at any time. It's hard to read uh, Acts 2 mm. when the very first message to launch the church mm-hmm. in Peter says, in the last days, these things will yep. happen. And, it was and he is... <coughs> He's, right. he's saying yeah. the prophecy from the Old Testament was fulfilled that moment. moment. Yes. He yes. said, this the last days. is mm-hmm. the last days. Yes. But, and that's why a little bit I jokingly said end-time prophecy is the worst. This form of end-time yeah. prophecy where everybody's looking for something and the birth of the nation of Israel and this happens over here and we put it on a thing. We put, and I grew up in one of those churches yeah. where there are charts on the wall and those kind of things. We look at signs of the time and all that. That's a fairly recent mm-hmm. way to look at this. Mm-hmm. That, that has not been historically the way around the world that most Christians have looked at it. And so we look for this kind of stuff, and we're, so far, everybody's been wrong. So the chance of you being right now, I'm just saying, Small. somebody's going to be right one day, I guess. Sure. But this probably ain't it. Yep. But even if they were, and this is where I always come back to is, what, what does that change about how I yes. live and how I, how I exist in the kingdom of God? Who, who, you know, and, and what, what, how does that change the, the way I treat my neighbor yeah. and the, the command of Jesus? Is it, is it now different? Do I, do I now start, stop loving my neighbor and start hoarding? Uh, do I run down and start buying up guns so that, I don't know, it's okay now to shoot people? I don't, I don't get that. I, I don't get it either. How does that change Jesus' clear command, follow me until I get back, and while, and while you're going, here's what you do, love people the way I've loved you, mm-hmm. and that's it. Yep. That's your marching orders, and, I, and, and just hang on, I'll be back. Yeah, you remember, Jason, you were younger on our staff yes. when Y2K was Y2K, starting, K, and yeah. this building didn't exist. We were just in the process of building it, and there were people in our church at Y2K, again, Sign of the end time, somehow God hadn't figured out computers. Computers were running <laughs> in the world. Yeah. And everybody, we had a whole group of people that mm-hmm. started hoarding and building these compounds and buying guns and night vision and storing up stuff and telling me it was in the book of Revelation. And so being younger and way saltier back in those days, <laughs> I decided I would 
for the first time ever. I taught through the book of Revelation, and I timed it out so that we wouldn't finish the book of Revelations until the first week in January 2000. Because <laughs> I said, I I'm going to be here, and I guess if you guys aren't, I'm going to be teaching yeah. the book of Revelation. Y'all be in your compound. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> all that kind of stuff. Just salty Ed. So gentle, so, Ed. So salty, boy. And, you know, the, the whole thing, it just it came off as an embarrassment. And I said to them, you're going to put barbed wire? Aren't Christians supposed to be the ones sharing? Mm. You're going to shoot somebody? Mm -hmm. Seriously? Mm -hmm. I don't get that. Yeah. I think the only thing that uh, when you talk about seeing anything as a sign is it's a reminder. And once again, this is how I talk to my children about it. Mm. It's just a sign that there's still brokenness in this world. Yes. And that, you know, Jesus didn't just come to heal my brokenness. He came to heal the brokenness in the whole world, including creation itself, that all of creation, is, as, as Paul would write, is, is groaning. This is some of that groaning. Mm -hmm. it's, it's the world is still broken. It doesn't mean that Jesus isn't king. It's that Jesus has given us marching orders to join with him in the act of rest, restoring the world to heaven on earth, bringing heaven here, and that we're a part of that kingdom work. And so when I see these things, I don't look and go, oh, well, that must mean X, mm -hmm. Y, and Z. I just look and go, yeah. This, this isn't a, it isn't a shock to me that the world is still broken and that yeah. people are still hurting because people are hurting all around the world. And just like we go to Haiti to help people and just like we support Bridging the Gap here to help people here and just like I should be loving my neighbor and I should be doing that, none of that has changed. Yeah. That is still going on. I had somebody right say now. to me, I think it's a sign of the end times and I'm really concerned about my relatives that don't know Jesus. <laughs> the mm. end result of that is good, yes. but the fact that you it, it took, took you this. thinking about the end times... Mm. Your marching orders were the same the day before you thought it was the end times yes. and the day it are. And I'm not saying they weren't concerned. I guess they think the clock is running. The clock was always running mm -hmm. because we had this illusion that I knew what the future was like. I have not one moment in my life ever known what the next moment held. We yeah, have yeah. this illusion that yeah. I know what the next moment holds. I don't know what the next moment, every moment is my end time. Yeah. <laughs> every, every moment, that's the only moment I have is that moment. Yeah. Well, and I think yeah. that's the difference between the way when you talk about reading the Bible now through those eyes, and I talked about this to a group of people. Every time I used to read the New Testament, I understood they had an immediacy that I didn't feel that mm -hmm. they felt about everything. Yeah. I mean, they talked, because they would even talk about things like, it felt like Jesus coming back at any moment. Now I look back and I go, it's been 2,000 years. They were off by a long shot. You know, it's like, yeah. they, they, but they felt this way because they understood this is an immediate need. This, nothing changes. This yeah. is an immediate, my, my, my need to love my neighbor, my need for, to take care, you know, to help share the gospel with people, all that kind of stuff. It's always been immediate, but there is something now. And this may be one of those things where you look and go, mm -hmm. hey, God's at work in this. Of All of us now suddenly feel immediate. You're calling relatives you haven't spoke to in a long time. Yeah. You're, doing, you're doing video chats more regularly with people that you probably should have been before. And maybe now you are starting to think about mm -hmm. things that maybe you should have been thinking about before. It's always been immediate, but it does feel immediate now. Yeah, I just wonder if they felt more immediate and thought of this until you were talking about it. And I sense this a little bit even with people in Haiti. They have a real push to get their country to be better and their mm -hmm. children. But if my thought of my life, I'm 36 and I could get malaria and I'd be dead next year, I do have a more, whereas in our country, in our world, we really think we're owed 70, 80 yeah. Yeah. years. And even when an 80-year-old gets sick, we go, oh, my gosh, they got pulled away. So I'm like, mm -hmm. they were 80. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm 60. 
in the world's history, I'm on borrowed time. Mm -hmm. True. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know? <laughs> True. But we don't think about it that yeah. way. Yeah. Well, the way it comes down for me, this is my final thought on it is, and I've said this to people before, said, okay, let's assume it is. Let's, let's say it is the end times, all right? I would much rather Jesus catch me doing his stuff, staying yep. faithful, loving on people, and continuing the work of his kingdom and of the church than I would rather have him catch me huddled somewhere in fear, hoarding with my guns. Yeah. I, just, I just, that, if I had to choose, I just, let's say you're right, and I have to choose which posture to live in, I'd much rather live in this one over here. That's a great, that's a great final thought. On that is that. a great final that's, thought. That's exactly right. Well, thanks. Okay. Uh, <laughs> nope. I've become more encouraging since the, since the virus. You have. I've just, I'm very encouraging. I'm uplifting. Look at you. All right. Still salty. Yeah, you yeah. Nothing going to change it. Not as. I've been around you now for, what, 24 years? 24 We've years. been together 24 years. and uh, Not quite as salty. Not as. I no, think we're both a little not. less salty. So, okay, and we'll move on. Uh, so, no top five for today, but... Um, we tried to come up with something really come about up quarantine with or any of that kind of we stuff. We didn't yeah. know what you guys would think were funny. Yes, yeah. so yeah. here's what we want. We want you to send us some top five ideas yes. that you want us to hear. But... And One, they don't have to be related to no, anything no, going no, on in the world. Anything. We just want we some good ideas. We used to have a staff member that would say to us regularly, tragedy plus time equals, equals comedy. comedy. And my problem has always been I've never known how time. long the <laughs> time, long the time. Because the for equation. Me, things are funny pretty yes. quickly. Yes. <laughs> don't take much time for me. I have noticed, and I was, I was telling you guys this, I have noticed, I have uh, discovered some things about myself uh, in quarantine Okay. that uh, I've was was surprised uh, about tell us know. jason um i i think I, this, is, this is not funny this is kind of good i've <laughs> i've noticed that you know i i really we really enjoyed time with my family that's been a good thing that's been good um same but, here you know that's we're kind of forced to like last night we rent we didn't have power you know so we're in the dark and so i thought man this is oh my <laughs> so we're not only locked in this house now we don't even have lights or internet or anything and uh that's pretty awesome we yeah. had a good time good. you know I, I wouldn't want to do it for too long yeah but we did okay um but then there's some just silly things that i've i've, I've realized oh, I, you know i thought they give other us thing. a silly thing jason i need a haircut <laughs> i don't think about people that have been telling me i need a haircut i need a haircut and and i'm like how am i gonna get that done and i and i don't i, I certainly don't trust myself to do it i don't trust anybody in my he house to do he, it. he trusts to, me so. i was so, about to invite some of you who think you want to cut jason's hair to volunteer to cut jason's hair but then i thought i like jason and he might not trust you even if no, i trust you yeah why not so I'm, I'm i'm thinking on that these days it's starting to get into my ears and it's bugging me and I'm if like if you would like to apply to cut Jason's hair would you know. send me a personal email <laughs> and I will try I to convince him I don't like that, this that no, you should cut Jason's good. hair so but I shouldn't worry about that that's just you know you but I shouldn't I'm just your let hair it grow. may become like Jason's I'm gonna let it hair. grow out eventually grow you out. could become like and I've Nathan. done that before Okay. It wasn't good, but I let it grow. <laughs> it's not, for a it's while. not good so, on me. You know, have y'all have y'all discovered silly things that you're worried about? Well, these days as I said to you when you were telling me we might talk about this, I have not discovered things about myself. <laughs> but he's not very introspective. <laughs> That's what we're finding out. No. People people tell me things. My my wife has 
has kindly told me I have become the person people avoid because I like to talk to people, and now everybody is really a little hesitant. I'm just talking to everybody. You're I'm, not that, I'm that dude, man. I mean, You're that hey, creepy old guy. How y'all doing? How you doing? It's good, man. It's good to be out today, isn't it? Aren't you glad to be out today? Look at that. Hey, how you doing? Look at that dress. Isn't that a pretty dress? <laughs> I'm that guy, and everybody's Ed's like, the creepy old guy. Yeah, creepy so old I get, guy. I have plenty of more than six feet clearance all around me. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Actually, you know, some of it's worked out. You know, I, I told about some of the stuff I'm doing with neighbors. Today, one of my neighbors uh, brought me some goodies. Aww, and they said, this cool. isn't going to be good for you, but it's good. And I thought, it I know matter. exactly what you're talking about. So I'm, I'm looking forward to getting that when I get home later. Yeah. That reminds me. That's something I discovered about myself. I, when I don't have anything else to do, I, I cook a lot. Hmm. I, okay. am, I am baking. What's a good thing you, you cook recently? Cooking, well, this, this week, uh, I I made a, uh, I tried to make up like a cookie recipe last week. Didn't go so well. They were not good. So this week, I, I baked this, uh, it's called a Oreo cake. Mm. It's chocolate cake. And then, of course, you, you, you pour like sweetened condensed milk over the top of it. It soaks down in there. It makes it really, you know, gooey. And then there's like Sounds this delicious. mixture of whipped cream and cookies and cream pudding and broken up Oreos all in the thing. We're eating on that right now. It's it's amazing. It sounds good. I just keep cooking. It's like I sit around the house and I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh, we've got this in the pantry and I could make that. And then I go into the kitchen. I, but I cook. I'm, that's my thing. Yeah, I, I, I cook like for. Cook. I, I'm the cook of my family. So yeah. uh, I've been cooking a lot, which probably not good. I'm eating more, so that's not good. Nathan, have you discovered or people have told you things about? <sighs> you? I don't know. I don't know. Nothing. Nothing silly. All my stuff is either depressing or really good so i don't know i don't know. i have started i, I i've learned i like to run outside i've, I've been you know i've been hmm. going to the gym the past couple of years and i run on the treadmill and i always thought i wouldn't like running outside but i like it way more we have a, i live on a golf course and so i go run the golf course every single day and uh, i live with several runners and they yeah. tell me that they said they much rather run outside than yeah i thought it was going to be significantly harder i actually think it's a little easier they say that. Yeah, I actually think it's a little easier. Mentally, so, it's easier. Too. It certainly is. It certainly is easier mentally because mm -hmm. there's more to look at and there's more going on. And because mm -hmm. I live on a golf course, I also didn't realize how close most people's houses were to the golf course. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm running on the golf course. There's some people that they're just out like just coming outside, walking their dog, and their dog's inches from me. And I thought I would not want to live at that house. Mm -hmm. Man, a golfer right in my yard. I got mm -hmm. a little bit of distance between my yard and the golf course, but. Good. Anyway, I enjoy, I enjoy that. So I don't well, know. I think we have burned up enough of these people's time yes. that uh, they got nothing else, got to do. nothing else to do with. <laughs> I'm also supposed to be on Instagram Live right now, so ah. I can start that in just a moment. All right, well, we'll for let our you, students out there, we'll let you we'll get to that. So, All right. but Sunday we're going to be back 10:30 online. Yep. Join us, invite somebody, and uh, hopefully it won't suck. It'll be good. It's going to be great. Hope so. That's we're always trying, the hope. We're trying to learn things we and are. get better at this new thing we're doing. Yes. We are. All right. So send us stuff. Tell us what you want. Top five things you think might or be stuff funny. You humor that about. might work. That's right. So uh, thanks for joining us. We love you. See you next time. See ya. Bye. Bye.